0: Good morning. My name is Lara. My Dharma name is One Lasson. The subject of my talk today is Grace of Parents, but it also is subtitled, Or Would You Rather Be a Pig? Would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are? Would you rather be a pig? If my singing subtitle has caught you by surprise, let me share a little more about it. Perhaps some of you, at least those my age or older, know that it's a line in a song from the 1943 movie, Going My Way. Bing Crosby sings it to a group of young schoolboys, similarly to how I first encountered it. It was one of those harmless bits of elementary school propaganda that we all learned. Probably because in the first verse it says so if you think that you hate to go to school You may grow up to be a mule For now just to spend your puzzling over what this song could possibly have to do with my topic. We'll come back to it later Grace of parents is one of the four graces that we recite at the beginning of every Dharma service These graces represent indispensable and sustaining mechanisms that make our existence possible, without which we could not survive. Diane Vedder spoke two weeks ago about the grace of heaven and earth and eloquently described the ways in which the universe and our earth provide us with every element and condition necessary to life. And last week, Reverend Wangong's talk on the grace of fellow beings showed us how interdependence and interconnectedness with other sentient beings are woven into every aspect of our lives as an essential condition for survival the grace of parents actually comes between these two it is the second of the four and can be considered as the linking grace between the cosmic and primordial workings of heaven and earth and the practical reality of living our lives with all other beings in this world. Let's consider this a little more deeply. Grace is something vital, something we cannot live without, arising from the principle of dependent origination. Of course we understand that we cannot live without the essential elements provided by the sky, the atmosphere, and our earth. But beyond the fact that parents make it possible for us to be here in the first place, how indispensable do we feel that their role is in our lives? In our society, which prizes independence and self-sufficiency so highly, how relevant is this grace of parents? I know how surprised I was when I first came to this temple to hear it recited as part of an act of reverence. And knowing that so many in our culture have difficult relationships with their parents I almost felt a charge in the air when the words were said aloud. So where does this idea come from? And why did Master Sotesan san include it as one of the four graces? Confucianism is one of the traditions that contributed to one Buddhism. It originated in China as a philosophical system that served to undergird the harmonious functioning of society and the nation. In Confucianism, the idea of filial piety was considered the greatest of all virtues. It meant showing respect for parents during their lifetimes and honoring them after death. It reflected the reality of life. Parents feed, clothe, house, and protect their children while they are helpless in immaturity. Later, mature children feed, clothe, respect, and serve their parents when they are enfeebled. This idea is, of course, also honored in Christianity and Judaism, set out in the fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon Earth. Islam has a similar commandment. In Buddhism, Tibetan practice cultivates an insight tool called the four reflections that turn the mind toward Dharma. The reflection called precious human birth is the first of these, precious human birth. As Joseph Goldstein explains in his book One Dharma, in Buddhist teaching there are many planes of existence, countless worlds, immeasurable time, and endless rebirths. In all this infinite variability, the chance to be born in human form Is statistically rare and precious in human form we have the unique potential the unique potential we are the only sentient being that has this possibility the unique potential to understand our true nature and cultivate our minds we have the ability to be self-reflective and understand ourselves and human life offers just the right balance of difficulty and ease to motivate us to do so. Let me read this again. In human form, we have the unique potential to understand our true nature and cultivate our minds. And human life offers just the right balance of difficulty and ease to motivate us to do so. So now you may have a little better idea of the relevance of my singing subtitle. Had causes and conditions shifted just a little to the right or to the left, we could have been born as pigs. Master San, through reading and contemplating the teachings of the world's major religions, became the great synthesizer of religious belief. He brought together the principles of these philosophies to create a new framework Of belief and practice most importantly he foresaw a time when material and technological benefits would make people less grateful for and indeed often unaware of their dependence on others whether parents or fellow beings as an awakened being sotisan grasped the complete picture of interconnectedness of dependent origination and made us aware of its great gift in our lives by formulating the four graces. The grace of heaven and earth acknowledges the universal and primordial causes and conditions that make life possible. The first expression of dependent origination. Grace of parents is the earthly reflection of these causes and conditions as sperm and egg join to create human life and our parents continue in the nurturing role of heaven and earth to protect and raise us. As we follow along the links of dependent origination, we extend our awareness and gratitude to the countless fellow beings who support our existence in myriad ways, and we develop the qualities of empathy and compassion as we requite the grace of fellow beings. Finally, Desiring an equitable society and a harmonious world that supports the lives of all, we give thanks for the grace of laws that make peaceful and prosperous interaction among people possible. However, Soto san himself said that filial piety and respect for parents is relative to how parents fulfill their roles. In terms of how this plays out in the connection of the four graces, it goes in both directions. Only if parents fulfill their roles will we have the model and practice of a harmonious society and good government. So what about those whose parents did not fulfill their natural role? Thankfully most people have had someone in their lives who stepped into the void. Grandparents, step parents or adoptive parents, a caring teacher, an involved mentor. When we recite the four graces in this temple, we often add a phrase to the grace of parents saying, grace of parents and all those who have filled a parental or nurturing role in our lives. Let me say here, I am both the best and worst suited to give a talk on this subject. And for the same reason, I had wonderful parents that leads me without great effort to practice this grace. But at the same time, it makes it harder for me to understand how some find challenge in requiting this grace. I also am not a parent, so although I can honor the role of my parents in my life, I have no direct experience of their sacrifice and dedication in raising me. But whether you or I had admirable or abusive parents, Both of us have invaluable lessons to learn from our birth circumstances and challenges to our spiritual understanding and growth. Remember what Joseph Goldstein said. We have the unique ability in this form, in human form, to know ourselves and we have a balance of difficulty and ease which inspires us to do that. If we had a difficult relationship with parents, or even parents who were neglectful or abusive, we have been given a chance to practice compassion and forgiveness, not only for our parents, but also for others who have had the same experience and who are damaged in whatever way by their childhoods. On the other hand, for those who had good parenting and an easy childhood, and I include myself, we may have to learn those lessons indirectly. I have a friend who was abused as a child and who is a model to me of effortless empathy and compassion for others. As for me, I have had to cultivate compassion almost as an intellectual exercise from the smallest seed of insight and by dint of constant practice and effort. If we had parents who were abusive, neglectful or absent, We have also been given the opportunity to learn from this experience and not repeat it in our own parenting. In doing so, we may be breaking the cycle of generations. It is very possible, even likely, that if your parents were abusive, neglectful, or absent, they were only doing what they had learned from their parents and even from generations preceding. Again, I think of a parent whose own parents. I think of a friend whose own parents belittled him and constantly made him feel inadequate in every way, but who, as a parent himself, is making sure that his own child knows that she has unique gifts and talents and will have his support as she reaches toward her goals. We have all heard of famous people who overcame difficult and even abusive childhoods, including both physical and psychological abuse. Oprah Winfrey, abandoned by her father, left to be abused by an uncle and a cousin. Bill Clinton, also abandoned by his father, living with an abusive stepfather, whom he threatened with violence numerous times, trying to protect his mother and half-brother. Perhaps most bizarre of all examples that I found, Salvador Dali, whose parents made him fill the role of his dead older brother, forcing him to wear the brother's clothes and even take his dead brother's name. Obviously, these people did not live out their lives as victims of their abuse. Through different means, their circumstances became the catalyst for tremendous achievement. Every person can choose to be an eternal victim of their birth circumstance or use it as the opportunity for personal and spiritual growth. As a temple member said recently, My life has been perfectly designed to teach me how to know my truest self. There is no circumstance in which I should not see grace and purpose. I'm not implying that it is necessarily easy or simple to do this. But if the challenge to see grace from harm is met, it brings freedom from the self-destructive effects of alienation, hopelessness, fear and hatred. Recently, a friend sent me a book entitled, The First Free Women, a collection of poetry written by the first Buddhist nuns around 580 BCE. These were women who could have known the Buddha. Many of these women were escaping lives of abuse by parents or spouses for whom the hardships of begging for food and shelter were far outweighed by the chance to find spiritual freedom. As I started to write this talk, I came across this poem. It describes the journey of a woman abused by her father, who leaves home only to find abuse at the hands of other men before becoming a nun. She describes confronting her fear and hatred which have taken hold of her mind and tells of finding the path to freedom by cutting the root of her victimization. The title of the book is The First Free Women, Poems of Early Buddhist Nuns. And the title given to the poem is the woman's name, Upalavana, Blue Lotus. I hated my father, and I hated my mother for making him my father. I left home to get away from him, and then found him everywhere I went. Then I walked all the way down to the darkest parts of my own mind and stood in front of the blazing roar as countless lifetimes of fear and revenge threw themselves into the furnace. Burn with me, my sisters. And when you're ready, come up from that dark place where you've gone to be alone forever. The path leads directly through these vast worlds of fear and hate. We have all wounded and been wounded. We have all been made to feel weak, yes. There is great strength in the darkness, yes. The mind can be used as a knife or a chain. Ask yourself what you are really prepared to give up in order to be free. The dark realm of hate and bitterness can be a seductive place. It is familiar and even embracing, and the shadows often offer a place to hide from the truth. It is sometimes easier to stay in the darkness that you know than to struggle upward toward an unimagined place of light and freedom. But having been granted precious humanity, we have been given this birthright to examine our lives honestly, to understand ourselves deeply, and to choose the path forward. To be free. This is the promise of the Dharma and the reason we practice. We should be swinging on the stars.